the Shaila that we're going to uh, address today uh, was a Shaila that I got uh, earlier in the week. Uh, somebody is involved in buying tax liens, and uh, it happens to be that uh, uh, one of the auctions that the uh, that he would like to participate in is going to be the second day of Shavuos. So that's going to be that whatever that Monday is, second day of Shavuos. So obviously uh, he's not going to do it himself, uh, but he wanted to know, can he go ahead and contact somebody in Israel and hire an Israeli to go ahead? All you need to do is everything online. So can he hire an Israeli to go ahead and log in and to take care of all the stuff that they need to do and pay him to do so? Or is that somehow a violation of, of, uh, of Yantif? And obviously his thinking is, is that vis-a-vis the Israeli, it's not Yantif. They don't have a second day Yantif. For them, Monday is a regular weekday. They're certainly, they're, over the course of that Monday, this Israeli is going to be doing lots of malacha anyways. So certainly you're not asking the Israeli to do something which he's not allowed to do, but he is doing it on your behalf. And for you, it happens to still be Yantif. So that's the question. Let's say you know, even if you're not into tax liens, right, you're going to be flying Southwest Airlines on Tuesday. So anybody who's flown Southwest knows that the earlier that you check in from the moment that it opens up, the better your position will be to get your choice seat. So can you go ahead and ask your Israeli daughter, son, brother, sister, you know, uh, parent to go ahead and check in for you from Israel. And that way you'll be A15 rather than if you wait till after you if you'll be C37 or something. And, you know, you'll be lucky if there's a place for you, let alone for your, uh, for your carry-on luggage. So is that, uh, is this something which is permitted or is this something which is not permitted? Okay. So, um, let me, okay, so the now the sources showed up on the screen in front of you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to work our way, I have to find my notes now, we're going to work our way sequentially uh, through this uh, this topic, uh, actually touching upon a number of different topics that the, uh, as, as we make our way through, but uh, hopefully we'll get us to, we'll have enough time to be able to get to, to the end to be able to answer this, uh, this fellow Shiloh. So the first thing is, the, the, the discussion begins really not on Yantif, not on uh, the halachas of the second day Yantif. The discussion really begins in Hilchah Shabbos. And this has to do specifically with somebody who makes an early Shabbos. So somebody plans on making an early Shabbos, and then after they accepted Shabbos and it's still light outside, they realize, oh, I forgot to turn on the oven, turn off the oven, the light in the refrigerator, whatever the, uh, the malacha that they forgot to, to do, they realize that they forgot to do so. So uh, now we know that in the middle of Shabbos, you're, n- number one, not allowed to ask another Jew to do malacha for you, but you're not even allowed to ask a non-Jew to do a malacha for you. But over here, where we're talking about where you made an early Shabbos, so is there any sort of special leniency or special allowances, being that you didn't really have to accept Shabbos anyways? So here we begin with source one. We begin with the Ramah, and he says, sorry, I didn't get the right font over here, but the Ramah says, V'chein, Misha Kiba loved Shabbos. If somebody went ahead and accepted Shabbos, Asha obeys Kodem Chashecha, an hour or two before nighttime, so early Shabbos, what we call, so you can ask a non-Jew to go ahead and light your candle or turn on the lights for you, and anything else which you need. 
So here we seem to have a pretty basic leniency that when you are in early Shabbos, so even though on Shabbos you're not allowed to ask a goy to do any of these malachas for you, if it's still early Shabbos, you are allowed to go ahead and do so. And the Mishabur adds, sorry, this is Reish Samachal Sif Aleph, and the Mishabur is Sif Kat Yuches. He says, Afilu mitzvah. It's not even like you need a really compelling reason to ask the non Jew to do the malacha for you. It doesn't even have to be for the sake of a mitzvah. Why? The Kevan showed Hayom Gadol, being that it's still daytime, it's still nighttime. If you look outside of your window now, if you're by a window to the outside, so it's still plenty of daytime, but by tomorrow, there will be people who are holding by Shabbos already at this time. There are certainly some communities or some shuls or some people who have not yet accepted Shabbos. And they themselves, you could find Jews who are doing malacha at this time. So it happens all the time that the early minion people are walking home from shul and the regular minion people are driving to shul. So being that, malacha is really permitted for those people. So essentially what we do for early Shabbos is we accept upon ourselves personally a restriction against doing mulacha, but it sounds like that the restriction, we'll see this explicitly shortly, but the restriction against asking a non-Jew to do a, uh, a mulacha, that you didn't accept upon yourself, that was not part of making an early Shabbos, and therefore you could go, uh, when you could accept an early Shabbos, you could ask a non-Jew to do mulacha on your behalf, and it doesn't even need to be for a mitzvah. So that's one level of leniency. Then Shulchan Aruch says further, this is in Reish Samach Gimel Sif Yud Zayin, There are some who say that somebody accepts upon himself Shabbos before nighttime. So here we take this Chiddush up another notch, and not only are you allowed to ask a non-Jew to do malacha for you when you've accepted early Shabbos, you could even ask another Jew to do malacha for you when you've accepted an early Shabbos. Why? Why are you allowed to go ahead and ask a Jew? So Mishabur explains, Samach he says, the being that your friend didn't accept Shabbos yet, and therefore for him to do malacha, it is permitted. So there's no iser of asking him to do something for you. It's not as if you're instructing him to do something usher. It'd be one thing if you ask him to do something usher. But although it's usher for you to do malacha, since he didn't ex- accept Shabbos yet, he's still allowed to do malacha. And you can ask your fellow Jew to go ahead and do you a favor and perform whatever malacha it happens to be. Now, this is good as far as when you find yourself, uh, you know, stuck making an early Shabbos or something, the, the allowance to go ahead and ask either a non-Jew or another Jew to do malacha for you. But there's a glaring question, which you have to ask as far as this is concerned. And that is that we know that not only is there an iser to do malacha on Shabbos, but even to discuss malacha on Shabbos is something which is aser. To say I'm driving to Lakewood uh, on Sunday, uh, to say that on Shabbos is something which is us. You're not allowed to talk about doing malacha on Shabbos. That's a, that itself is an iser. So over here, if I accepted early Shabbos, and for me, I'm not allowed to do malacha anymore, so why am I allowed to, in either one of these two cases, whether I'm instructing the non-Jew or whether I'm instructing the Jew, why isn't this a violation of improper Shabbos speech? Because I'm discussing malacha and I'm not allowed to do malacha. So here we have an interesting comment from, this is in a sefer called Yom Tov Shein Kilchaso. 
this is uh, Rabbi Yerachmiel Fried. He happens to be the Rosh Kolel in Dallas currently. But when he originally wrote this, he was living in Yushalayim, very close with Shlomo Zaman Arbach. So he wrote, he writes in his sefer. Again, there's a picture of the sefer, so I can't move the uh, the the highlighting along. But he says, Ula mehagrashaz Oybach, Zatzal Shamati. He says, I heard from Shlomo Zaman. That the prohibition, which is a prohibition of discussing Malacha on Shabbos, that doesn't apply in this case, we accepted early Shabbos. Why? So he explains. This is Zehu Rakisha Dvarim Shadibir him Asurim Batsmusam. Because the Isser against discussing Malacha applies only for those activities which are essentially prohibited, inherently prohibited. And it's not possible, nobody's allowed to go ahead and do these activities on Shabbos or Yantif. So to drive to Lakewood on Shabbos, it doesn't make a difference whether it's Shabbos or Yantif. Everybody, that's going to be Asr for everybody. So when there's an activity which is universally prohibited, that you're not allowed to discuss on Shabbos or Yantif. But that doesn't apply when you yourself or you and a group of people that you know decided to go ahead and accept an early Shabbos. Why? Being that, Chazal said that you're allowed to go ahead and ask somebody who has not yet accepted Shabbos to do Malacha for you. And what he is doing, the friend that you're asking, is not prohibited from doing that activity. So when we talk about turning on lights, when you've made an early Shabbos, that's not something, turning on lights at that moment is not universally usher, because you have half the city who has not yet accepted Shabbos, and therefore it's a permitted activity for them. So once it's not a prohibited activity, so etzim ha-miro hu dibor shalheter. So therefore, discussing turning on lights at that point is still considered to be permitted speech. So this is Shomel Zalman's uh, Chiddush over here. Um, okay, and then he says, and this is going to be foreshadowing for where we're, we're getting to, skipping the parentheses, so second to last line over here. He says, din so the same thing is going to be true. All those Americans who are in Eretz Yisrael for Shavuos, and they're going to be keeping two days Yandif. Um, and this will be relevant, uh, Al, for, uh, for, for when you're there, right? So it says that for, for Al, who's going to be in Eretz Yisrael on, on Shavuos, so on Monday, when Al is still observing Yandif, but for all of the Israelis, it is not, it's a regular week, it's a regular Monday morning. So he says, any activity that an Israeli will be able to do on behalf of El, so it's not prohibited for El to ask them to do that malacha, because once again, since that activity is not universally aser, in Eretz Yisrael, the overwhelming majority of the population is not observing Monday as Yantif. For them, it's a regular weekday. So therefore, it's not an issue, it's not a violation of forbidden speech for Al to go ahead and discuss doing malacha with his daughter, son-in-law, grandchildren, any of those uh, those people, since for them it is a permitted activity. Okay, so that is step number one. So when you go ahead and you make an early Shabbos, so it is permitted to ask a Jew or a non-Jew 
um, whether uh, uh, to do a malacha for you at that time. And even though it's Shabbos, and there's normally a concept of forbidden speech on Shabbos, meaning a prohibition against asking a non-Jew to do a malacha, so, or to, to discuss malacha, I really should say, it's a prohibition to discuss doing malacha, that restriction only applies when it's universally ushered to do that activity. But if a segment of the population is allowed to do that activity, it's not considered to be forbidden speech. Uh, what, what about what about time zones? Uh, so we're get, we're getting there. Hold on, we're 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 working towards that. Um, okay, we're going to skip six for now. If we have time at the end, we'll come back to it. So remind me of that. But right now, we're going to uh, to skip it. So now the next question is: What's going to be the story in the event that there's going to be the the same question but an opposites? So we're going to do the same question twice, just the, the exact opposite. So the first one here, source number seven over here, is talking about uh, when uh, uh, it's Shabbos for a Jew, but when the time zone where the non-Jew is located, it's not yet Shabbos. So the example I saw in the Sefer is somebody who lives on the East Coast has a shipping company which runs on the West Coast. So when Shabbos rolls in on the East Coast at, uh, let's say, 7 o'clock uh, Friday night in, in New York, so it's already Shabbos, but it's three hours earlier in L.A., and it's not Shabbos there yet, and can this Jewish trucking company owner, is he allowed to have his trucks drive on at uh, what's 4 o'clock in L.A., what's 7 o'clock in already Shabbos for the Jewish owner in New York? So again, it's where the, where the Jew is. It's already Shabbos. Where the non-Jew is, it's not Shabbos. So can that non-Jew go ahead and do malach on behalf of the uh, of the Jew in that case? So here he says, this is from the book, uh, which is Commerce and Shabbos, or the, the Hebrew uh, title is Hilcho Shabbos Bolam HaMischa V'Asakim, Perik Yud Ha'ara 7. So it says, Av Shebetshuvah Spitzel Chachma. Uh, he writes the Bitzel Chachma, Bitzel Stern writes, in a circumstance where you have a non-Jewish truck driver driving in LA, and the owner of the trucking company lives in New York where it is already Shabbos. So he says it's Aser. He says you have to tell those workers that once it's going to be Shabbos for you, they're not allowed to work anymore. Even though by them it's another three hours till Shabbos. Why? Because the Betzel HaChachma maintains that the Isser of instructing a non-Jew to do Malacha revolves entirely around the location of the Jew. So wherever I am, once it's Shabbos for me, all of my extensions, meaning all of the non-Jews who work for me, no matter where they are on the globe, they are, they are confined to my Shabbos, and they're not allowed to do Malacha as long as it is my Shabbos. So that's what the B'tzel HaChachma uh, writes, which would be a stringency. But the reason why he, he's not concerned about this, he says, So this other tshuva, say for somebody from England, uh, I forgot his name right now, he says, doesn't mince any words over here. He says, there's no way that this opinion of the B'tzel HaChachma is correct. And this is what he writes. He says, we've never heard somebody who owns a factory, that's what Beis Harosha says, somebody, somebody, you have an American who owns a factory, and his factory is set to work 
nine to five, five days a week. And in the wintertime, they close at three. So they're very sensitive to, uh, to Shabbos. And he is very machmer that the, the, when, when Shabbos arrives, that the factory shuts down. But it happens to be, what happens? So this fellow is now going to Eretz Yisrael for a couple of weeks to visit his, his grandchildren. So what happens? So now, now that he's in Israel, do they have to shut down seven or eight hours earlier? Because Shabbos, at, uh, it's, let's say, five o'clock in Eretz Yisrael is going to be maybe, uh, you know, nine o'clock where his factory is located. So does that mean that nobody's working on Friday because by him it's Shabbos already in Eretz Yisrael? that he has to instruct them, that they're not allowed to work in the States from the moment that it's Shabbos by him in Eretz Yisrael. We've never heard of anybody shutting down his entire business just because he's in a time zone eight hours ahead. Who, who does that? Now, why should, maybe you should do that. Maybe everybody's incorrect. He says, He says, the reason is actually quite logical why it's not an issue. Because he says that Kol Tali b'makam avoda, he takes a different perspective than the B'tzel HaChachma. The B'tzel HaChachma says everything revolves around the owner of the business. Wherever I, the owner of the business, am, when it's Shabbos by me, none of my employees, wherever they are on the globe, are allowed to do work because everything I am the center of the universe, and therefore everything revolves around me. And this other opinion, the Chuvas Shraga HaMeir, he says, no, the universe doesn't revolve around you. It revolves around where the work is taking place. And they are not allowed to do work when it's Shabbos by them in their time zone. But what's happening by you, the business owner, and your, where, when Shabbos is beginning to you, that's irrelevant. We don't care when it's Shabbos by you. We just care about when it's Shabbos in the place where the work is taking place. Because the truth is, is that even on a Tuesday, I can't tell a non-Jew, I want you to do malacha this coming Shabbos. So even though I'm not giving him instructions on Shabbos, the very fact that I gave instructions for him to do malacha when it will be Shabbos. So that indicates that everything revolves around where the work is taking place, where the malacha is taking place, and we don't care at all about where the owner of the business is. So therefore, in that scenario where it's Shabbos by the Jew, it's not Shabbos by the non-Jew, it's certainly permitted to allow the non-Jew to go ahead and do malach in that case. Okay, now, what about the reverse, where it is Shabbos where the Goy wants to do malacha, but it's not Shabbos by the, by the Jew? So what are we going to do in, uh, in such a case? Exact opposite. So this is going to be Motsoi Shabbos. So Motsoi Shabbos when it's already 7 o'clock in New York, so for him, it, the business uh, Shabbos is already over. Can he go ahead and call his non-Jewish truck drivers in L.A. and tell them to start driving, even though in L.A. there's another two, three hours of Shabbos? So is that allowed or is that not allowed? So for this, we have the tshuva, the Chalkas Yaakov, of Yaakov Breish, who was uh, very active in the middle part of the 20th century. So he writes as follows. V'davarai. He says, it's, this matter is certain. He says, when you have a Jew who lives in New York, and he has business in Tzirich. Tzirich is a Hebrew term that they use for Zurich. So he was in Switzerland. It happened to be after the war. So that's why he makes a, 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 a Switzerland reference. So he says, you have a Jew who lives in New York, and he has a business which is running in Zurich. So a completely different time zone. 
And everybody knows in Zurich that this business is owned by this Jew who lives in New York. Hadar in New York. Once again, got to put the space. So now, lo natir laakum haosei biisko shal Yisrael hanal lasok laachas ayel shabsa bitzirich. He says the Jew in New York is not allowed to permit the non-Jewish employees to work in the office or in the factory in Zurich. Al pi haheter hanal based on the leniency which we said before that everything revolves around. Uh, 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 of the work. He says, with the argument that the Jew in New York, it's not yet Shabbos for him. Shabbos in Zurich will take place five or six hours before it comes in in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in in New York. So even though by the Jew, it's not yet Shabbos, still he's not allowed to, to uh, permit or allow the, uh, he's not permitted to allow the non-Jews to work in Zurich. He says, why? Zevada, it's clear. Uh, Zevada, Yasser, sorry, it's clearly Yasser. Because everybody knows that this business belongs to a Jew. And if they see that the business is up and running when everybody's walking home from show Friday night in Zurich, they'll be surprised that this Jewish-owned business is, uh, is open and running on, uh, on Shabbos. And therefore, it creates like a Maris Ayan type of thing, that it would be offensive to all of the locals to see, to know that a Jewish-owned business is open on Shabbos. Umakama Isaac, and in the place of the business, Kvar Ayl Shabbosa, where Shabbos has already begun. Vasra Muvenis Meatsmo, and this is something which is clearly going to be uh, is clearly going to be permitted. But what he does allow, what we can infer from the Chalkas Yaakov is, is he's saying the whole problem will be here with the Jewish-owned business, the the new uh, uh, the New Yorker who owns a Zurich business that it can't be open on Shabbos. His only concern is Marasayim. That the people there, knowing that it's a Jewish business, are going to be upset or whatever, whatever is going to be. In the event that you have a business where nobody knows where, whether or not the uh, the the business is being uh, is owned by a Jew or not, the implication is you could be lenient even in this case as well. And many of the posts may actually speak that out. That in the event that people don't know that it's a Jewish-owned business, so there's room to be makel there as well. Uh, based on this, uh, this as we're going to see, based on what. Uh, the Chalkas Yaakov writes in the same tshuva, but relevant to a different Shiloh. So we'll see source number nine, and then that will uh, instruct us more so about uh, source number eight, why as long as nobody knows that it's Jewish-owned, it's actually going to be permitted. Okay, so now let's see what, what Shiloh is, what's the second Shiloh, or really his first Shiloh that he's addressing. So Chalkas Yaakov, this is in Simon Pezayin, or Chaim Pezayin, he says as follows. He says, Achein so in the following question, Yeshi's boning, though we have to consider, So you have a non-Jew in Europe who is placing a phone call. So in New York, it's not Shabbos. In Zurich, it is Shabbos. And the non-Jewish employee in Zurich calls his boss in New York. So he's calling from a place, the Goy is calling from a place where it is Shabbos, to the Jewish owner who is located in a place where it's not Shabbos. So are you allowed to answer the phone? Because if you answer the phone, that means that the non-Jew is going to, you're sort of completing the malacha that the non-Jew is, is doing. 
Because where the Jew is, Shabbos has not yet arrived. But but on the other hand, where the non-Jew is, it already is Shabbos. So this is essentially our question. It's not Shabbos by the Jew. It is Shabbos in the time zone where the Goy is located. Is there a problem for a non for the Jew to engage the non-Jew in doing Malacha where he is, even though it's Shabbos? So he begins by saying, Hine, Lachari Yesh Lassor. He says, at first glance, it would seem to be that it's Asr, that you're not allowed to call, that you, New Yorker, are not allowed to call your non-Jewish employee in Zurich and have a conversation with him. Or send an email or something like that. After Malcolm HaYisrael, who called, even though where the Jew is located currently, it's still, it's still not Shabbos. Kevin to Malcolm for Shabbos because it's already Shabbos where the non-Jew is. And remember, we said in that earlier source that seemingly everything revolves around where the avod or where the mulacha is taking place. And therefore, if where the non-Jew is located, it's Shabbos. So how could you ask him to go ahead and do mulacha? And he says the reason is. Um, okay. I'm going to skip his proof for now, again, just because of time, where they have a harder uh, uh, time uh, 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 constraint just because Mincha. So he says, But he says that the truth is, is that he's going to maintain that this is actually permitted. Why? Yeah, so he says, when the Jewish owner asks the non-Jew to do malacha for the Jew, when in the location where the Jew is, it's not yet Shabbos, so that's our case. So the Jew in New York is asking the non-Jew in, uh, in Zurich to go ahead and do malacha for him. He says, why should we care halachically that in Zurich, it happens to be Shabbos, in Zurich, where the guy is located, that happens to be Shabbos? Why does it make a difference to us? Huh? The guy doesn't have an obligation to observe Shabbos. That's clear. There's no chiyuv on the non-Jew to observe Shabbos. And whatever malacha that the guy is going to be doing at that moment, he's doing it on behalf of a Jew who currently is also allowed to do that same activity. Because where the Jew is located, it's also not yet Shabbos. So number one, the Goy doesn't have to keep Shabbos. Number two, the Jew who's giving the instructions, he's still allowed to do Malacha because by him it's not yet Shabbos. And therefore, so what's going to be the basis for the Isser? Both ends of our equation over here are circumstances where there's an obligation to observe Shabbos. And this is not similar to the case, which is what he thought initially, where you may be instructing a non-Jew on Tuesday to go ahead and do malacha for you on Shabbos. So on Tuesday, the guy could do malacha. On Shabbos, the guy could do malacha. And on Tuesday, when you gave the instructions, even you, the Jew, are allowed to do malacha. But they're actually not the same. Why? Because even though you gave the instructions on Tuesday, when he finally gets around to doing the malacha on Shabbos, when he's doing the malacha, he's doing it on behalf of you, who, uh, who uh, at the moment is not allowed to do malacha. So he's doing malacha for you at a moment when you're not, when he's, when you're not allowed to do malacha. The asli malacha. 
he's doing it for you at a time that you're not allowed to do malacha. And therefore, even your instruction that you gave him on Tuesday is already Asr, because you instructed him to do malacha for you at a time when you're not going to be able to do malacha. Because at that time, it's going to be Asr. Now, skipping down the line. But when it's Shabbos in Zurich, but it's not Shabbos in New York, so for the Jew, he's not yet restricted from doing malacha at that time. So so there's no reason you shouldn't be able to ask the non-Jew to do malacha for you at that time, because what would be the basis of the Yisr? Once again, you're allowed to do malacha. The guy's not obligated to observe Shabbos anyway, so who cares if all the Jews around him are observing Shabbos? That's irrelevant to the question, because it, aren't, it isn't the local Zurich Jews who are asking to do the malacha. It's the foreign New York Jew who's asking to do malacha, and by him, it's not yet Shabbos. Af, even though even though where the guy is located, it's already Shabbos for all the Jews who are there, but who cares? Because the Gabi Akum Shabbos. Because as we said, the Goy has no obligation to observe Shabbos. So what does it matter to him whether or not the Jews around him are observing Shabbos? All we care about is whether the instructor is currently confined by Shabbos or not. So as long as the instructor is also not confined by Shabbos, so it doesn't make a difference if the non-Jew is doing Malacha where he is. So it turns out in both of these two questions, where it is, where it's Shabbos by the Jew and not Shabbos by the Goy, or whether it's Shabbos by the Goy and not Shabbos by the Jew, in both of those cases, we're saying that it's mutter. There's going to be mutter to give instructions in, in, in those two cases. Okay, so this is going to be true. So Ad Khan, we're discussing the issue of uh, everything having to do with Shabbos. So this is, again, this is, is, is the economy, and as things become more and more global, so these shilohs become more and more prevalent and more and more uh, lemaisa. But these are the guidelines as far as that. So now we move on to Yom Tov Sheni. So what's going to be the story now with Yom Tov Sheni? So here you have a, the Birke Yosef, source 10, the Gon Chida. So he brings down, so now the first step is going to be, and this is going to be Al's uh, question, uh, so he says, Ben this is the Birke Yosef in Simon Tuf Sadi Vav, So with regards to a chutznik, somebody from Skokie, Illinois, who is going to be in Eretz Yisrael for Yontif, Kasav Marikash Bagosa Bichivosav, Ksav Yad Simon Sadi, so the Marikash, you don't need to know who that is. I will test you on the names afterwards. But he writes, the first opinion says, So this opinion maintains that you could directly ask an Israeli to do malach on your behalf. Seemingly, it's the same rationale. Since for him, it's not, malacha is not aser. It's only for you that malacha is aser. So what difference does it make that you're not allowed to do malacha? Why can't you go ahead and ask him to do malacha for you when he's allowed to do malacha? That there, there's no restriction. That's the lenient opinion. Faragi. I don't know. So these other opinions, the dissenting opinion rejected, and they are of the opinion that it's going to be Aser. So here the Birka Yosef is now telling Al, is teaching Al, that come uh, a week from Monday, so there's a machlokas, a whether or not 
Al will be able to ask his daughter, son-in-law, or grandchildren to go ahead and do malacha on his behalf for what us is the second day Yantif, and for them is going to be a regular Monday. So how do we pass him? So we go back to this sefer, uh, the Yantif Shein Kilchaso, this Perk Yudal Siftav, he says as follows. He says, Yesh mi shesover Rashai ben Chosar is lomar by Yom Tosheni leben Eretz Yisrael. That is permitted for somebody from Skoki to say to an Israeli on the second Shayase Avuro Malacha Shilatzarach Mitzvah that to uh, to do a Malacha for him, which is necessary for the sake of a Mitzvah. So he adds a qualification over here. This is based on some of the other poskim, but we will take it even even to, to that extent. So there are those who say that there's a, an opinion which says that it is permitted, that Al would be able to ask uh, his daughter, son-in-law, or any of the grandchildren to do malacha for him. Provided that it's not prohibited speech, which we talked about whether there is prohibited speech or not, being that it's not universally aser. But he says, Uldas rova poskim in the but most poskim hold that there is no such a distinction. And most poskim are of the opinion that it's, this is something which should not be done. Well, it's absolutely necessary, so one could rely on the lenient opinion, because we are talking about a machlokas on the drabanan over here, but all things being considered, the best thing is to try and avoid uh, exercising the lenient opinion that permits asking the Israelis to do malacha for you on second day yom. Okay. So now we get to the issue with the, uh, the factory. So now, which we, we touched upon a little bit already when we talked about the Jew in New York uh, and the non-Jew who is in Zurich and where it's Shabbos in Zurich and it is not Shabbos in New York. But now in the next two sources we have over here, so we're going to address specifically factories. So what's going to be the story with the factories? So the first thing is the Dovev Meshard. Dovrev Mesharim is known as the Chabiner Rav, who is known to be an outstanding uh, genius uh, in Torah. So he says, as, he writes as follows. He says, And regarding your question, So you have an Israeli who lives in Chutzlar, uh, sorry, a Jew, uh, a Jew who lives in Chutzlar, and he owns a business which runs in Israel, an Israeli business, and he has a bunch of Jewish Israelis who work in his office or work in his business in Israel. So, so are they allowed to open up the business on second day of Yontif? When the owner of the business is a Jew who is lives in Chutzarts and is in Chutzarts and isn't allowed to do malacha. So until now, we were we were really talking about what happens between a Jew and a non-Jew. So you have a Jew in New York and a non-Jew in Zurich. Now the Dovev Mesharm is asking, uh, taking it up a notch, and he says, they are, are you allowed to go? Are are you the Jewish owner of a business allowed to permit your Jewish employees in Israel to open up the business on what your second day of Yantif is or not? And this gets much closer, this is much more uh, uh, precise in terms of the Shaila that we began with, whether or not you, as the person who's involved in buying the tax lien auction, can you instruct an Israeli to go ahead and log in and put the bids in on your behalf when for you it's still Yantiv, 
But for him, it happens to not be Yontif. So what does Dovin Mesharim say? He says, Hine, Kasher Bir Harafa Tanya Zatzal Zchusi Yagen Aleinu. Okay, gives the sources. So he's referring to the Shulchan Acharav. So he writes, the whole heta that the Rashba says um, as far as this is the, the idea of when somebody accepts an early Shabbos being able to ask another Jew to do malacha for you. So the Rashba, the, the, the leniency of the Rashba, humishum, do ba'atzma lokiba lov el isum hatsuim begufo. So the 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 Harav explains that when you accept an early Shabbos, what you intend to do, you're not accepting Shabbos fully. You're accepting Shabbos fully as far as those activities which you are prohibited from engaging in, but not those things which are, relate to others. So if somebody else is going to do malacha for me, if I need somebody else to turn on the light for me, that I don't accept upon myself when I make an early Shabbos. When I make an early Shabbos, my commitment is I'm not going to do malacha anymore, but not necessarily that I'm restricted from asking another Jew to do malacha for me. The rock, the only potential question is, are you doing something wrong when you discuss, when you ask him to do the malacha for you or not? But in terms of putting that aside, you didn't accept upon yourself that another Jew for whom it's not Shabbos is not going to do malacha for you. Um, okay, and then he goes ahead and he says that that also is not going to be an issue because for that person it's something which is uh, which is permitted. So since for that person it's permitted, so it's not going to be an issue. Okay, now in the next paragraph he says, move on to the fees that Benito done. So he says, based on this analysis of the Shulchan Acharav, in our case, avos. That all uh, uh, non-Israelis accept upon themselves to observe Yom Tov Sheni, as the Gemara says. So he says that that ain't a dome lemisha kibel Shabbos. The mutter lomer laachel lasos malacham. So the the Doviv Mesharim is now suggesting, is now asserting that there's a fundamental difference between somebody who accepts upon himself an early Shabbos who is still permitted to go ahead and ask another Jew to do malacha, and a Jew, a, a, a non-Israeli, who is obligated to go ahead and observe the second day of Yantif, for whom he's going to say is not allowed to ask another Jew to do malacha for him on that day. So those two cases, second day of Yantif, is not the same thing as somebody who makes an early Shabbos. Why? Because over there, by the early Shabbos, this is Hamira la'acher lokibalav. Because we said that when a person commits to keep making early Shabbos, he doesn't commit to not instruct another Jew, Jew to do malacha. The extent of his commitment is that he himself is not going to do malacha. But on Yom Tev Sheni, so this was a full-fledged commitment. When, when Chazal accepted upon themselves in Chutzarts to observe a second-day Yom Tev, it wasn't an observation in a limited form. It's not 90% Yom Tev. It's not 80% Yom Tev or even 95% Yom Tev. When Chazal said non-Israelis have to keep a second-day Yom Tev, second-day Yom Tev is 100% Yom Tev. 
and we're not going to say malacha is aser, but you could ask somebody else to do malacha for you. When they went ahead and instituted this concept of the second day yantif, the institution was that for those people who live outside of Eretz Yisrael, it is 100% glat mahadrin yantif. And therefore, there's no, there's no allowances for any leniencies. And he says specifically when all of the employees who are Jewish know that the business is owned by a Jew who lives in New York, and they know that since he lives in New York, they're laughing at him because for him it's already a third day yantif, and they're already out of yantif. They don't have really th- three day yantifs, so they know that his business is running on Shabbos when for him it is a hundred percent yantif. And therefore, he says absolutely that in such a case where a Jew from Chutzlaretz owns a business in Eretz Yisrael, he has to make sure that that business remains closed on the second day Yantif. So like the Dovev Misharim, so this, um, this, uh, this tax lien fella would not be allowed, would not be permitted to go ahead and ask an Israeli to do the dirty work for him of submitting those bids for the tax liens because that uh, when it's 100% yantif for you, so you don't have the leniency of Erev Shabbos. And therefore the Dovid Misharm would say that such a thing is Aser. Rav Moshe, however, he, that's what we have in source 13 over here, so he disagrees. Rav Moshe, it's actually an interesting thing, and uh, maybe one time we'll have to come back to it, because it's an interesting thing, that uh, the Rav Moshe wrote a number of tshuvas about this, and as people were reading Rav Moshe's tshuvas as they're being published, so they noticed what seemed to be some inconsistencies. He seemed to be waffling back and forth between it being mutter or aser, and people were getting confused. And Rav Moshe wrote a tshuva specifically to dispel that confusion, to make sure that everybody would be able to follow and they would know exactly what his position is. Um... Uh, okay, we'll just pick it up from here. He says, but I wrote, so even you, you, the Jewish owner who has employees in Israel, so in the event that they don't work on coming this Yantif, on Monday, the second day of Shuas. It may be that he's restricted from telling them explicitly that they should work on Yantif. And that may very well be he's talking about on Yantif. But being that they all have employment agreements, which say that they work Sunday through Thursday, let's say, or Sunday through Friday in Israel, they may have a six day or five and a half day work week. So since Monday is a regular work day in Eretz Israel, all of these employees are expected to go to the office. And in the event that some of them take off and they say, you know what, since it was Yantav by you, we thought that it would be inappropriate for us to go into the office and do work. And therefore we didn't do so. So they, he would have the right, the Jewish owner of the, uh, of the business who lives in Chicago could deduct from their, from their salary. You didn't work on Monday, you don't get paid. I don't care that it was Yantif by me and you thought you didn't have to work, you didn't ask me, and you were supposed to work because it's a regular work day. And not only that, but if they were to email their boss before Yantif, in advance of Yantif, and they were to ask, are they allowed to go to work in this Jewish-owned business, which is owned by a, uh, a, a New Yorker who is 
in New York for Shavuos, and it, for him, Monday is the second day Yontif. Where let's say the person who is asking the question is a Tamil Chacham, somebody who wants to be very conscientious and very uh, uh, careful in his mitzvah uh, uh, observance. So Yerashai Lomerlein, Shirashai. So you're allowed to go ahead and tell him, yeah, you're allowed to work on Monday. So he says, Ach, Shalom Yomerlem, Belashon Tzibu, Sheyechulavon. says, the only restriction is you can't demand that they work. But if they ask the question, am I allowed to work on Monday? The answer is yes. So why exactly is differentiating between direct instruction or command and just answering yes, that they're allowed to work? So that's beyond what we can do right now. But he says that, so he is of the opinion that it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be permitted for the Jew to go ahead, the Jewish owner of the business, to allow his Jewish employees to work in Israel on his behalf. And as long as they know that that's, uh, that, uh, as long as they're not being uh, instructed explicitly to go ahead and do so, they just ask, are they allowed to? So that's something which is, uh, which is okay. So this seems to be, uh, from the Sarm which I saw, this seems to be the dominant opinion that uh, a Jewish owned business, a, a, a uh, non Israeli who owns a business in Israel, that the business is allowed to open up on the, on the second day of uh, the second day of Yontif, and the Jewish employees are allowed to go ahead and work. And the only thing is that there may be this restriction that Ramosha says about directing the person explicitly to do so. But you can always say to the person, which is what I'm going to tell the uh, the Shoel, that uh, say to the person, "Listen, I need this uh, job done. You're not obligated to do it, but if you do it, you're going to get paid X amount of money, whatever the uh, the offer is." And then the person will make the decision on their own whether or not they would like to uh, they would like to do it or not. But there's certainly room for leniency in uh, in such a case to have another Jew go ahead and uh, work in the business on the second day of Yantif. All righty. Okay.